0: Welcome to episode 31 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me and X-Men the Animated Series Weekly Recap Podcast. I'm Rod and it's been a while. It
1: has. And I'm JC. <laughs> and today my hair actually has a little bit of like a wisp in front of it. It looks a little bit like more from the early animated series episodes <laughs> right now. Cyclops is Waiting for Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men the Animated Series in their original intended script order building up to the release of X-Men 97, which is coming to Disney+, Plus in fall of 2023 that's the first time we actually have that because this is our first episode we've recorded since that announcement at comic-con
0: we mention this every episode but we do these in batches and so because of how crazy con season was we recorded a whole bunch everything you've heard to this point has been before convention season and now this is what like a one or two week two weeks after comic-con
1: roughly yeah yeah
0: and and so there's there's a whole slew of things to talk about among other crazy announcements but we'll get into all that stuff yep
1: and for those of you who are wondering how we determine the order of these episodes we utilize a list from previously on x-men the making of an animated series by your lead showrunner eric leewald along with his wife julia which i got to meet them at comic-con which was fantastic we were actually talking about the purple man episode because i had told him okay. that that had just aired for us right before san diego comic-con and you know they were talking about some of the difficulties with the animation on that one and you know the original one that had came back was just not. The quality that it needed to be but they also told me they had just found out that day that disney is actually going to fix the order in disney plus and put it into script order i don't know if that has happened by the time this episode airs but if it hasn't no it's coming and i'm very happy because we could stop saying original intended script order
0: yeah that's awesome we probably still will because there's so many other places there's so many other orders
1: that's true <laughs> <laughs> imdb needs to fix it you know exactly etc but yeah
0: well, i think it's funny too because for various youtube projects i've been talking to eric and julia like online and stuff and obviously like a little thing that happened in 2020 put a, a kink into those projects also i like that i got to meet them before you did that's and you've
1: I mean. actually been talking to them
0: and that's what i was saying it's like i got to talk to them for a while and then john like texted me he's like i gotta meet him today he's like how did you meet them
1: when I've been texting them for like three years. Because Rod <laughs> doesn't go to Comic-Con.
0: No, it's too. Uh, it's it's anxiety. It's like a convention for anxiety for me.
1: <laughs> I mean, fair. But it, it was it was a great convention. I got yeah. to meet Larry Houston. I got to meet... A lot of people. Yeah, I got to meet Dan Wiesermeyer, who did a lot of the original story boards. He also did the artwork for the Hasbro VHS style figure. So the Wolverine one that's downstairs has his autograph yeah. on it and Have stuff. You've
0: seen pictures of that from the one that John got me. And also, speaking of John, is that who... Is that who did these illustrations?
1: Yeah, the infamous photo of Scott and Jean that was yeah.
0: So I have one now. Should I put a hole in it? I mean, I hope you don't. <laughs> and and this this was the, really the cool one for me. It was like there's a a. a drawing of storm my queen is amazing so thank you john that was amazing
1: totally what's funny was i posted it on instagram without rod knowing that that was intended for him because the signature is just small on the instagram photo and he's like oh it's my girl and i said nothing in response about it
0: yeah he's great at surprises it was also that's probably gonna get framed (laughs) i love storm anyway so some quick reminders we're a recap show about a series that came out 28 years ago there will be some spoilers if you don't want to spoil for you pause the podcast watch the episode come back We'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet. We're currently not sponsored or affiliated with Disney or Disney Plus in any way.
1: You sound so disappointed now saying that. Like, we originally yeah. put this as just, like, disclaimer. And now every time you say it, I feel like you're slightly more dead inside.
0: <laughs> yeah. It could be worse. We could be sponsored by HBO Max. No, we can't. <laughs> we literally can't. Don't forget to follow
1: us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Recently on Instagram, we threw up a post for... Who would you like us to collaborate with? We met a bunch of awesome people from the X-Men community. Shout out to all those people. And we're gonna probably do, I guess now, instead of calling it collabs, like we're used to on YouTube, Mm -hmm. they call it crossovers because of comic book. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, So we're gonna be doing some collabs slash crossovers with more members of this community and finally as rod alluded to we record these episodes in batches so if we're reacting to news and we're late about it like talking about comic-con which i think by the time that this goes live will be a full month prior (laughs) that's why
0: so i think the only thing that's like well not the only thing but the biggest bombshell that dropped on the x-men marvel community and this is kind of a spoiler but also this is like two months since the series ended so i guess if you haven't watched miss marvel by now and you don't want to Thing spoiled for you skip the next one minute 15 seconds so obviously we got the drop at the end of the last episode of miss marvel where she's a mutant and the x-men theme song played so i don't and know if it's that was
1: specifically credited as x-men 97 seven. in the same way that it
0: was in multiverse of magnus yeah and we if you saw and i'll, I'll post this on one of the on cyclops way for me social media too but on my personal social medias i have a reaction from ron Wasserman. got to see it it's the huge bombshell. Like we have X Men, technically. Well, we have mutants. no, we have mutants. Mutants, but the X Men theme song was what was yeah. the crazy part. So it's like I don't know what that implies or not. And I actually didn't mean to make this a told you so. I actually texted John on his birthday. He's like, hey, on your birthday, Miss Marvel got announced as the first mutant in the MCU. And then a week later, I was editing the last episode in our last batch where John says, "There's no way Miss Marvel's going to be a mutant."
1: I didn't think she <laughs> would. I legitimately didn't.
0: But that wasn't what I meant. But also, I think this was a case where my ignorance paid off because I didn't know that she wasn't.
1: <laughs> and also, to be fair, I don't remember most of what we're talking about. So
0: I didn't until I heard it again. Anyway, it's a kind of a cool thing. The creator of Miss Marvel says she was always intended to be a mutant. Right. It's just because of the political. Look up Ike Perlmutter if you want to hear that whole drama. It was It's just nah. really cool. I mean, I, I geeked out. Everyone like lost their collective shit who saw that moment. You know. Anyway, now on to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about season three, episode 14 titled The Dark Phoenix Part One Dazzle. That's a mouthful. and It's
1: it's literally what it shows up <laughs> yeah. as. Like, I, I copy and pasted that. That yeah. is, yeah, that is what it is.
0: It aired on November 12th, 1994, and currently sits at a 7.8 star rating on IMDb. This was a good episode. I guess that goes without saying, this is a really kind of classic storyline.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was the foundation of a great multi-parter. One thing that we we talked about as we were prepping for this is they did an amazing job of making these have very definitive... Like endpoints from an episode perspective, mm-hmm. whereas sometimes the other multi-part episodes were very much just like we ran out of time. There's a to be continued. <laughs> like this one was like there are two that are obviously interconnected and have to flow right into the other, but they felt like full episodes regardless.
0: Yeah, there was there was thematic arch- arches, arcs, arcs. arcs. Yeah. <laughs> I know film <laughs> arcs to each episode on top of the whole four-part series. But I think you might have even mention during our coverage of the regular Phoenix Saga that most people probably think of Dark Phoenix Saga. And now that I've rewatched it, that's true. I think a lot of my memories from like, the Phoenix epicness and stuff came from this part of it. Yeah,
1: I mean, there, there are lots of really great moments in the Phoenix Saga episodes, but the ones that are the most memorable because they're... They're kind of the more traumatic episodes, mm-hmm. definitely came from this. It's also like a tighter time frame, too. Like the amount of yeah. time that actually happens in character for these people during this whole experience is super truncated. Yeah, it's like a day or two, right? It, it's like from the start of this episode, which we're going to get into in a second, we promise, to the end of it is like. Probably 48
0: hours, if that. Yeah, because there's two nights, we know. Yeah. We'll get into that. All right. Well, so is, it starts off with this, this random satellite that zooms into Muir Island.
1: Right. And maybe, maybe I'll check the DVDs at some point. <laughs> but at least on Disney Plus, there is a satellite that has appeared at the beginning of multiple episodes. I don't know. It's weird.
0: Yeah. And it's so quick. Like, it, it, it doesn't linger It on feels anything. like an accident. So, it zooms into Muir Island, which we know is in Scotland because bagpipe music. <laughs> and we've heard mention of Jean being alive, but this is the first time since Phoenix Saga that we've seen Jean is alive. Right. Moira is speaking to her over, like, a microphone speaker thing because Jean's in, like, a containment unit. Intercom? Intercom. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> and basically, I don't know if there's a better word for it. She's kind of trying to trigger her. I mean, she's trying to get her to remember things, but...
1: Yeah, so the, the big piece that's missing for everybody outside of, of of the phoenix itself is what happened when she flew into the sun. Because yeah. the assumption would have been, it doesn't matter how powerful an entity you are, you fly into the heart of a sun, how are you getting out?
0: Yeah, and Gene lets out this god-awful scream that has puts Rogue to shame. Oh my god. That was screechy. So shout out to whatever voice actor did that. That was a that was a feat. Anyway, Xavier is trying to get Phoenix to leave Jean's body, but Phoenix says she enjoys the sensations of like the new emotions and things that the, this human body gives her and gives out like an evil villain laugh. Moira says that the psychoneural therapy, which I'm going to guess is not a real thing or maybe it is if you know it is. And, we you
1: know. should really look stuff up right. once in a while. <laughs> like we do a good job of like I will go back and see references to the comic books and and things like that. But the second it becomes anything scientific, we forget we have access to the internet.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. We're the worst. Anyway, so she says that they should take her home, which Oh, I almost forgot to mention. So when she does that awful scream, she, like, blows up that containment unit she's
1: in? Here's the thing. I don't believe it's a full-fledged containment unit. I think it's supposed to, like, help her and amplify her mind and things like that. So I don't think it's, like, containment, like, how they lock Loki up in in Avengers kind of scenario. But, yeah, she destroys the shit out of the
0: probably pretty expensive equipment. But it's definitely supposed to be a barrier between, like, Xavier and Moira and... Her, I mean know. there's there's barriers
1: in the danger room <laughs> yeah. like I'm sure if somebody actually went loose they could actually like break through those. Like yeah. that's not gonna stop Wolverine from clawing through it kind of scenario. Yeah. But so, we digress.
0: I'm, I'm not a scientist, but it just didn't seem like the smartest thing to be like, oh she blew this place up. You should take her home. Sure. <laughs> Counterpoint.
1: She blew it up because they were trying to probe her mind. Yeah. So maybe don't try to probe the yeah. mind of giant space bird entity. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Jean, her mind kind of subconsciously like calls to Scott for help. And then that echo takes us to New York. And even before we see her on screen, I recognize this is going to be a scene with Dazzler because we hear like pop music and a voice and a nightclub.
1: You you hear like 90s poppy music. The episode is called Dazzled too. (laughs) So I'm sure that played a little bit of a hint for you. But what was interesting is the character design for Dazzler is slightly different as opposed to the Dazzler- cameo that happened in the the mojo vision episode oh yeah because it's because the mojo vision episode is the design of dazzler from the konami arcade cabinet mm-hmm. this one was updated a little bit yeah, for lack of a
0: better term she, she's brunette and was she brunette mojo vision I can't
1: remember. she was like a like a lighter brunette but okay. th- this is she's a darker
0: one yeah, yeah. and she doesn't have like the bodysuit and everything yeah um, she went a little more into like the leather you know yeah And she's singing a song and the lyrics were caught myself on fire. I don't know what to do. I feel my body heat. And it's like the end of the song. This sounds like a fully fleshed out song, just the way they presented it. It could absolutely be a song.
1: We can't find anything about it online. So where I say we don't research certain stuff, we we go total like hardcore (laughs) tunnel vision on other shit and don't find anything about it.
0: (laughs) So I knew, it's funny, this moment, I knew that the the music stuff would kind of fall back on me. So I actually went.
1: Yeah, I didn't like, even look for it. I was like, I have to figure out all the Hellfire Club <laughs> stuff and things like that. Rod so, can
0: deal with music. So I actually, I looked up all like the sources that most people have. Couldn't find anything on it. Everybody wonders where the song's from. It's not based on anything that I know of. If you happen to know it, I guess, leave a comment. Some people had theories but none of it's actually actual song and then i went into some records that if you're like in music or a songwriter you can look up like publishing records outside of having the actual title or whoever actually sang it there's i don't i couldn't find a record of it even in like because there's other databases you can look up where music and shows are and stuff and x-men has nothing listed for it i i did text that's the most on-brand yeah. shit i've ever heard for Saban. yeah and speaking of i did text ron i was like hey did you write this song no biggie if not or you know do you know what happened there and thing and we always time these perfectly. So I know for a fact he's on a family vacation right now. So he's not responding, but he also knows for me it's like it's not urgent. So I haven't heard back yet, but if he updates with anything. So I'll, just just for I'll clarity, what
1: are the inappropriate <laughs> times because of this show you have bothered Ron Wasserman?
0: His son's graduation. And now
1: on a family vacation.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess just based on the other times I've had questions for him is that if it wasn't him, it was probably somebody else in the production. And He's just since he's not like the producer so whoever's putting it together, he doesn't know exactly the origins of it. And knowing some bond it was probably someone that will never be credited. I actually, just before we recorded, went back and checked the credits for this episode. No one specific is listed. There's just a general music editing supervision in charge of music crew and stuff. So it could have been anything. But I don't know. If anybody knows anything about the song interesting, let, let us know because I, I've seen a lot of people discussing online, like, where is this? Because this could be like a cool Easter egg moment or something, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and for those of you that don't know, Rod has done some like weird music discovery stuff in the past, like including finding out there are two people who claimed to have done the Mortal oh, yeah. Kombat yell and stuff like that. So yeah, it's not always tied to Cyclops is waiting for me, Yeah, <laughs> But you do find some weird music stuff going. Yeah. On,
0: so. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> there's more drama than I ever anticipated. So anyway, that moment gets interrupted when Scott hears Gene in his head. So he starts to leave. Gambit tries to stop him. He's like, just enjoy your night, man. And Scott you know, says, you, you can go ahead and stay. I'm going to leave. So Scott, which is a little shocking to me.
1: Only because I feel like if there's anybody who's going to try to sleep with Dazzler, it's going to be Gambit. Right. And he doesn't want the potential, like, wet blanket cock block of Cyclops with him.
0: (laughs) So a little bit out of care. You know something's wrong. He's like, are you okay, man? (laughs) Yeah. And so as Scott's leaving, the Hellfire Club, we'll go back and talk about this later. The Hellfire Club is kidnapping Dazzler.
1: Well, at the the time, we don't know who it is. We see a dude in his yellow, you know, 18th century outfit. And you called them putties, which I thought was really appropriate. But they are, you know, just faceless goons that have a mask that prevents any sort of identification to him. It's yeah. essentially just it looks like a not a modeling dummy, but those little figurines that artists use to, to oh yeah. To base character motion and and body anatomy off of kind of thing.
0: Yeah, there's just generic henchmen.
1: I don't know what those are called.
0: I'm not gonna look I don't, look it I don't up. know either. I used to have one just because aesthetic Be- because you live in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. this is before Los Angeles, oh, but okay. just because you know you're like in your thirties, you're like something in my right.
1: apartment. So we see we see this group <laughs> Coming at Dazzler, trying to take her out of the club. And Cyclops obviously sees this and goes for the save because whether or not she was a mutant, he's not gonna stand by and let Mm -hmm. a a woman woman get abducted.
0: The dude in the the yellow outfit like rips his sleeve off because that's what you do when you wanna reveal you have a metal arm.
1: Yes. (laughs) there, There there were very few moments in this episode that I questioned. I don't think you want to give away that that's like <laughs> your thing. Like I could see if like Cyclops shot him in the arm and it's like, oh, there's metal underneath your poofy sleeve. Mm-hmm. But it was like, why sh- <laughs> don't, I mean, here's the thing. We, we, we find out that this is Donald Pierce, who's mm-hmm. a member of the Hellfire Club slash Inner Circle. We'll get into that in a second. And he is a pompous asshole. Yeah. So maybe he thought it was going to be an intimidation moment and it just backfired on him.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, because he uses that arm and reaches into a car and grabs an engine. Yeah. So part of me wants to say that like, because of how dumb these guys are in the, the not Hellfire Club, is that he didn't want to like mess up his outfit reaching into the car, so he rips it off. I don't know. I don't know what the logic is.
1: That that logic does not track
0: for it me. Does, it doesn't track for normal people, but we're talking about like a Victorian meathead with a cyborg arm. <laughs> so anyway, he rips the car engine out, throws it at Scott. If you if we didn't get a sense already, it's solidified now. Dazzler has powers and she uses her dazzling power. <laughs> is, what, is it light? It's hard light. Hard light. Oh, Coming back to Miss Marvel, different. <laughs> yeah, different hard light. Yep.
1: <laughs> and saves hers. Hers normally requires sound to activate it. That's yeah. why she oh, has music.
0: Show. And mm-hmm. saves Scott n- not only from the engine, but also from being clubbed over the head with a light pole. Was it a light pole a or power? was it a,
1: a stop sign? It was like a. It was a. It was a street oh, sign. Street pole. sign.
0: Yeah. Nineties yeah. man, remember? No. <laughs> we don't have stoplights anymore. Yes, we do. <laughs> no, <kidding. laughs>
1: Nothing about that has to do with the 90s, Rod.
0: Is my In my mind, I wasn't going to let it go, but in my mind, attractive, like, the freestanding pole stoplights, you know?
1: Those still exist.
0: <laughs> Not in L.A.
1: <laughs> anyway, keep going. They probably
0: do. I don't know. I just don't pay attention. So Pierce runs off and with, right. the, with the putty patrol, and Dazzler kind of flirts with, with Scott, and she reveals that the car that got the engine ripped out was her car, so she doesn't have a ride home. Or at least that's what she says. Scott is flirting back. And I wouldn't be so certain about it, except we've never seen Scott get this close at all. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know if he was actually flirting, to be yeah. fair. I think he's so awkward that he unintentionally said things that could be misconstrued as flirting. I guess so. Because it's like that awkward cuteness vibe mm-hmm. when it's really just he's that awkward.
0: At the very least, I sense that like he's like, yeah, let's see where this goes. Yeah. I,
1: and this is where I will respectfully disagree with you yeah. now that gene is back yeah he's not flirting with anybody intentional i think he's that clueless see
0: i i would think that i okay i, I can believe the clueless part mainly so the reason i was thinking he was flirting is because what we're going to talk about as the episode goes on with dazzler because it's just like man you know gene's got a point we'll, we'll get back to that so at the mansion we find wolverine is looking for salami which is a very vital story point <laughs> He was very into the salami. <laughs> he's trying to make a sandwich. It's kind of funny because I'm like, you know what? I can't even make fun of it because when I'm looking for stuff in my fridge, I do the same thing. I just talk out loud, even though there's like no one else there. To- I, like I don't have roommates. So it's just like cool. me and possibly my cat. If she's listening to me talk. Anyway, he's making the sandwich. He finds a salami right about then. All right, and there's a cool moment where he takes his claws and slices the salami, which is totally what you would do if you had, you know. I, claws I do love with
1: Wolverine, you do get the cartoon logic of mm. the distance between his claws changes depending on the needs of the, the story yeah. beat or the moment. Because when he does the slice, they come out like like Canadian bacon thickness. Yeah. Whereas if you actually look at the distance between them on his hands, there's like an inch in between them. It'd be Like a burger patty. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah and but uh, that's fun I, yeah. I i'm not talking shit on that i legit think that's fun but it's just like he he's making those are thin cut they're not like ralph's like super thin cut yeah. like sandwich cold cut style but there's pretty thin yeah
0: but he, he's making like a uh a salami sandwich literally yes and as scott walks in he's a little beat up
1: also i just want to point out thank god we are separating this into four separate episodes You're right because we're on the top third <laughs> of my notes right Same. now and we've been going for a while yeah so yeah scott comes back with his shirt ripped from from the fight and wolverine was like oh so you had some fun without me
0: i love that that's like a really bro moment he's like oh good job dude
1: yeah i'm actually proud <laughs> of you seems like you grew a pair
0: so this is one of the things where either you see it like john does where he's just clueless or you see it as i do he's like he's a little bit flirty but he's like so i met this woman tonight and, and logan's like uh stop that see and for me it was I met this
1: woman tonight and I'm interested because she's a mutant Mutant, and it's another mutant that isn't in our crew yet. And there Mm -hmm. aren't that many of them. That's (laughs) That's true. That was my interpretation. That is
0: true. That's something I actually, I I thought about for the not hellfire club, but the X-Men makes sense too, is that there's not a lot of female mutants in this world.
1: I mean, there, there, there are not a ton of mutants in this world at, at this point. Like there's, there's a lot of, poor, shitty powered mutants. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we get the ones who've who've been targeted by the friends of humanity. You get the ones who can't pass above the streets like that are in the Morlocks. But it's like, well, this woman was kind of strong enough to save my ass. So maybe she's somebody we should talk to. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And so the reason Logan stops him is because he's like, I'll do my eyes deceive me. And Jean walks in. She seems drugged out of
1: her skull. (laughs) Like, I just want to, you know, Charles is like, "Yep, here she is. She probably needs to sleep because of like the travel and the jet lag. Any other interpretation of that is they put her on some major meds right now.
0: Which makes sense if you, you know, you flew into the sun and survived. You don't want
1: them to go... fucking nuclear at this point so yeah. like let's drug this person just well, to be safe well, that's
0: what I mean though like if you have someone that's like that unhinged you're like let's just why we're on a moving flying vehicle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mitigate that and so Scott gets to see her for like .5 seconds before Xavier's like she's tired she should go to sleep and ask Storm to take Jean back upstairs Xavier starts to try to explain how like the therapy wasn't working so they're going to try to continue at the mansion and Scott just like loses it and he's like what's the point nothing's going to help
1: Right. And I I think the only thing that kind of shocks me about this is that Scott didn't go over to Muir Island to Mm -hmm. to be with them during the treatment process unless it was like literally like, we don't know how long this is going to take. We need you to be the leader and basically take over for Xavier in the States. Yeah. Well, he's with Gene over there. But I was a little surprised that You know, they they allude they've been going at this for a while when they're on Mm -hmm. Muir Island. So I was shocked that Scott hadn't been there, you know?
0: Yeah, I I guess to your point, yeah, it makes sense. Both of us can't be over Mm -hmm. in Muir Island at the same time and expect the world to, like, remain peaceful. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) While we're there. So Scott, you know, he's just upset because he says the gene seems distant. So and the, the treatment feels hopeless. That makes me feel like Scott was over there at least at some point. Or something, Fair. or maybe even when they, I forget if the animation showed it, but he, I wouldn't be surprised if he was there when they actually found her. He was in the Blackbird and Rogue hopped out. Yeah, grabbed her.
1: Which were jumping forward slightly, but yes, but yeah.
0: he It's like, yeah, there's something off about her. So Xavier says, well, Gene needs some strength from you, Scott, because they have like a psychic rapport and a connection and, and stuff. And so that's exactly why they sent her away. <laughs> um, and then we cut over to i was excited because i saw some of the things i was like oh hellfire club and then it pans over a a label that says the circle club i was like lame
1: okay so (laughs) we got some moments with regard to the hellfire club so hellfire club was a legitimate group in and i say legitimate as in actually existed not actually being legitimate like you know real business and that's why it says 1729 because it was 18th century that the Hellfire Club was actually founded. So there is a group within the Hellfire Club which was known as the Inner Circle. And that is, and this is all like IRL lore. This is not specific to the X-Men. So the Inner Circle were essentially the elites from within the Hellfire Club.
0: So kind of like an Illuminati Freemasons kind of thing?
1: I don't want to say yes because I don't know enough about what the things that they did were, but it's kind of like within the Hellfire Club, which is the larger organization, the inner circle were the ones who pulled the strings. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at this party where we're going to see the inside of the Circle Club later, the inner circle is like actually doing the real wheelings and dealings, while other people are like having a party and getting, yeah. you know, fancy food and wines and stuff like that. So.
0: That's so funny. Yeah. So, it,
1: so it is a existing organization. Obviously, looking at you know the the book that we reference constantly, it was because of the name that they literally couldn't have something called Hellfire in yeah. a children's cartoon.
0: Yeah, and I guess I, I didn't know that it was a real organization before. So, the, the having the real tie would probably be kind of like a no-no, right? A
1: no, no. Well. I, it, it was more so because of Hellfire. Oh, okay. Is is that is the actual
0: issue? Which most comic and Marvel fans knew about then or before. Now, current day, if you didn't know it before, you know it from Stranger Things.
1: <laughs> right. And a couple of weeks ago when that aired and I started seeing Hellfire Club all mm-hmm. over the place. And I, being the the fan that I am of the X-Men, like this story was published in 1980. So I wonder if whether or not they will acknowledge it in the show, Stranger Things, were the kids actually inspired by the name Hellfire Club from the comics? Probably. They never... I know they don't call it out point blank, but I yeah. feel like that... Unless there is an origin, because I haven't watched Stranger Things, that they mm-hmm. do say where it came from. I wonder if that was where they got it from.
0: It, a lot of things like that, they just kind of leave to your imagination, but you know where it came from. Because they can't specifically say in Stranger Things, like, we love the X-Men, necessarily. I'm well, guessing Hellfire Club close. I'm, I'm
1: guessing there's also a little bit of the bitterness of like Marvel, just <laughs> in general, with the Netflix executives. Yeah. So.
0: So well there's a lot of things like that though i mean there's some stuff they directly reference you can tell they got clearances for but this one is like one of those things where everybody's like oh they definitely got it from the x-men comics because it, the Hellfire club and stranger things this is not really a spoiler it's basically just a, it's a it's a kids it's a, a, a D club that's right. what they named their club and so I think it's just kind of a given that yeah they were into the the x-men comics and just like it was a given they in the in season four they never referenced the satanic Panic but anyone that lived through the 90s knows exactly what that looked like so when you're watching season four stranger things like like oh we're dealing with the satanic panic well satanic panic was 80s 80s. not 90s oh that's right sorry 80s yeah okay i'm just gonna leave that in this this is is on brand for me (laughs) 80s anyway i I was born 82 so i remember the tail end of that when i was a kid so i yeah I i i'm it, all that to say, it's heavily, I, th- I really think that the Stranger Things kids were X-Men fans, and that's why they named the Hellfire Club. But I think it's funny how Circle Club got its name, like, working inside out. They're like, oh, well, there is a group called the Inner Circle. So right. let's take the Inner Circle. And what's the, what's outside the Inner Circle? The Circle. The Circle. <laughs> the club rod the club the circle club <laughs> yes anyway in this discussion in the inner circle part of the circle club no you nailed it
1: i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. just yep keep going i i didn't we I, meet we meet some characters yeah we meet
0: some characters i i wasn't familiar with these characters but i i figure out their names from this so the guy with the metal arm was pierce i don't know if he's i don't think he said donald but you said it was donald
1: i know pierce. i just know the character's name is donald
0: the other dude that's in the green is shaw sebastian shaw and then the there's a guy that's a little bit heavier set, and he's drinking, and he's kind of egging everybody else on. His name is Leland. And I thought at the time he had electrical powers because he like kind of zapped something.
1: Henry Leland, just so you know. Henry Leland. Yep, okay. that was not set in the show. Yeah. That's, again, just Leland actually recently appeared in the comics, oh. and he he is the Kirk Cohen representative to the United Nations.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. No. But you were telling me that, off mic, that his powers aren't electrical, they're dense.
1: Right, so let, let's actually get into to that. So there is an interaction between Shaw and Pierce where Pierce has failed to bring Dazzler back. Mm-hmm. And Shaw essentially was like, well, were you recruiting Dazzler for yeah. the circle or were you recruiting her for yourself? Yeah. Which that's one of those things that years later, it's like, oh, that's creepy, dude. Yeah. It's like, ooh. Like, it's
0: on brand for these three dudes once no. you hear them talk more. <laughs>
1: right. And then Pierce, he smacks Leland's crystal glass out of his hand. Mm-hmm. And Leland, describe what you thought happened.
0: Oh, he I thought zapped Pierce because like electricity came out of his hand.
1: Right. So you got the vibe it was electric powers. But if you look and see how the response to those powers are, it's actually density. So you look at somebody like Blob. Blob is fat because he's dense. He's not dense because he's fat. Mm-hmm. So he controls density within himself. Leland is a different scenario where he is controlling density of other things as his mutant power. And that'll, we'll go deeper into that in a, a, a another use of his power in the episode. Yeah. But yeah, essentially. He can just make things stupid heavy. So that's why when you thought it was an electrical zap and it was his arm failing, it was, oh, his arm all of a sudden weighs 800 pounds.
0: Yeah, and then they were like, we're going to bill you for that crystal.
1: Which I did appreciate (laughs) because it was so petty and bitchy. I was like, yeah, I would do that to somebody.
0: And all these guys... You know, in there, this is presumably in current times, which is like the '90s. This but, was in the '90s, absolutely. But they're all like just pretending it's like Victorian era because they're wearing like the wigs and the clothes and stuff. I guess you said like 18th.
1: Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it is 18th century. I mean, the the traditions of the Hellfire Club and the inner circle within it yeah. was very much like you know any of these secret societies. Like even if you look at like the Skulls, who were infamous around like Yale University and stuff, they would still do their original rituals of I'm wearing these creepy robes yeah. and crap like that. So. So this is, this is this is a little more high society rather than like ritual.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. It's like Soho House.
1: It's halfway between <laughs> Soho House and Eyes Wide Shut.
0: Oh, that got That's why I said that's halfway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That got dark. Anyway, so in the middle of this like literally pointless argument between all these powerful men.
1: Oh, by the way, <laughs> before before we move on, one thing that is not fully addressed within the show is but is within the comics is there are certain titles associated to chess pieces okay, with yeah. within the, the inner circle. Mm-hmm. So in the comics, you have Jaw, who is technically the black king. Okay. You have Leland, who is the black bishop, and then Pierce is the white bishop.
0: I knew there were two bishops. I didn't know they were designated different ones.
1: Yeah, it's 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 like a chess board. So yeah. you literally have the counterparts to each other where you have uh, on um, each side. Right. So one of the people who pops in is actually. Emma Frost, mm-hmm. who is also the White Queen. Oh, I didn't put that
0: together. Now, okay, that, yeah.
1: That's why Emma is known as the White Queen, because of the time that she spent as a member of the Hellfire gotcha. Club.
0: So she was the one I actually recognized when she walked in, and we'd seen her as a cameo in one other episode a long time ago.
1: It was one of the Phoenix Saga episodes mm-hmm. because of the psychic blast that that essentially yeah. put Jean on Emma's radar.
0: Yeah, and so i was excited to see her because you know virtually every instance of her even in some of the worst x-men representations and stuff and in, in film and media and stuff i still love her characters like a really interesting
1: i felt blade. like they did her dirty in the reboot so there was a lot of stuff with x-men new class that i did really enjoy mm-hmm. she felt like a throwaway character unfortunately. <laughs> i get what you mean
0: yeah she wasn't as you know like big or whatever as
1: she just didn't matter yeah in the, in the episodes
0: yeah. Or and, sorry, in the movies. Yeah. And so she walks in at the time. I wasn't familiar with who brought her in, but we'll get into that pretty soon.
1: Yep. So it's Emma and Jason Wingard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And Emma senses that that there's the Phoenix and she's like, we should give up on Dazzler, whoever she is. The Phoenix is out there and we need to recruit her instead. And then she basically recaps the whole Phoenix saga. And we see a lot of footage just from the original Phoenix saga.
1: Which I think is helpful. Just yeah. context of like, you know, if. Shaw is the, you know, the king right now and needs to know, why should I care about recruiting this person? Mm-hmm. And you're rejecting somebody who beat up one of your yeah. your people, like literally beat up one of your bishops. Why do we want the person instead of the one who beat up our bishop?
0: Yeah. And in the middle of recapping the Phoenix saga, Emma reveals that when the Phoenix flew into the sun, she didn't perish, but- Dropped off the crystal, essentially. Yeah, yeah and survived. And then she re-entered the Earth's atmosphere. She crashed onto shore. It shows what looks like Mirror Island, but they don't exactly- it- Say, it, it could like. be
1: anywhere kind of scenario
0: yeah and uh, Xavier finds her
1: yeah so you have in the in the blackbird it was professor X Wolverine rogue and Cyclops they land and rogue jumps out of the ship and snags her mm-hmm.
0: Leland's like what is your source of your information and Gosh,
1: that was a hell of an impression rod <laughs>
0: And she says, well, it was Xavier's computer, which we know is Cerebro.
1: It makes sense that she wouldn't know that
0: name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine. And, and then my note was like, oh, we're still recapping. So we, we see more flashback footage. Leland is basically questioning, like, how could you get in there? And,
1: and she says that Xavier has been mentally taxed. And then you get those flashbacks of some of the Lalandra moments and, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and so she was able to breach the cybersecurity, basically, at that point. And this is another 90s thing, like cyber attack, cyber security. So that was like a really big, like, it was kind of new to us. You, you know?
1: also have a mental, like, a, yeah. a, you, have a, you have a telepath doing computer hacking. Which, yeah. That's a new trope.
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: That is that is cyberpunk before cyberpunk.
0: Yeah. And then in my notes, this is where I learned that his his name is Weingard. And he suggests that they need to attack her mind because she's physically too powerful to try to, like, contain right so they needed like kind of puppeter
1: yeah and I, I i for what it's worth wine guard is also known as Mastermind in the comics.
0: Oh, that name sounds familiar. And
1: I think it probably sounds familiar to you because one, all the X-Men trading cards from when mm-hmm. we grew up, but Weingard slash Mastermind was one of the original Brotherhood of Evil Mutants that Magneto controlled in the comics as well. And I believe I brought that up on a previous episode yeah. when we were comparing the roster of Brotherhood from comics compared to the show. Yeah, Mystique not being original Brotherhood, but Blob and and Avalanche and those guys
0: being there that makes sense so it kind of wraps up there at the mansion at the ex the ex-mansion xavier is the less pompous mansion. yeah right yeah now we're dealing with two different rich people (laughs) rich white people (laughs) right yeah this is that's the theme of this episode isn't it (laughs) and xavier is kind of i don't say interrogating but talking to phoenix
1: i mean at this point it's like anything like this where it's the intervention style thing it's Mm -hmm. it's it's therapy it's not as invasive as the the machine she was in previously
0: yeah and ask phoenix like you know why are you still here what do you want and cool. phoenix says basically like that she's experienced some newly exhilarating emotions and stuff it's hungering body. for those emotions yeah so she's yeah. hungering for for this even more xavier is <laughs> funny because as he's leaving he's like oh yeah things are going to be fine and he's like turns around and he's like <laughs> well, before he leaves,
1: the power of the phoenix shoots out of her eyes and her mouth. Yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. He didn't just walk out because she gave like a vague answer. He's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah.
0: And so Beast is like, what did you see? And Xavier said it wasn't necessarily what he saw, but what he felt. And it was that the the phoenix is becoming more and more dominant every right. day in Gene's body. So it's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really know what to do. Yeah, it's refusing to leave.
1: It's a mix of anger and excitement. And it's tied into the fact that the Phoenix is feeling a lot of these thing called emotions for the first time. Like mm-hmm. the Phoenix previously was a being of energy, mm-hmm. but the association to Gene is letting it experience things that it never had before. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so back in the room, Gene slash the Phoenix is getting ready to go to bed or turn in for the night. And- I don't
1: think we have to say the slashes, right? I think every. <laughs> Like I think we could just go with just for clarity for those who are listening. If it's the voice is the Phoenix voice, we just say Phoenix. Otherwise, we say Gene.
0: Okay. Yeah. I just lost track because she's. it flips back and forth so much totally
1: yeah i i think at this point it is scott who is mm-hmm. consoling gene and is like you know i'll i'll be back mm-hmm. you know does his old like mushy awkward like my love type shit
0: it's like yeah i gotta go to the club to meet up with that other mutant <laughs> so this moment and this is a nitpicky thing it, it didn't make me dislike the show at all and i don't even think that anybody should go into this misconsideration writing something like this but it's funny when you go down the rabbit hole especially like revisiting this you know 28 years later it's like I get why he disclosed he's going to see Dazzler because he's dealing with a mind reader literally right hiding it would be bad I agree with that but then on the flip side of that she could just read his mind and know that he's not cheating on her but That's not the point of the scene. In that moment, Phoenix like kind of snaps in, takes over and is like, you're going to leave me for another woman. (laughs) And then it quickly snaps back to (laughs) Jean. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, Jean's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. No, I would say the only thing I would question
1: and maybe it's just like, well, options are limited because Beast would stand out like a sore thumb in a nightclub and Mm -hmm. probably would also hate a nightclub. Let's be real. Like that is the opposite of his scene. Also, Wolverine is a dive bar guy. Yeah. So he's not going to go there. Jubilee can't go into a club. Because she's too young. And is like, maybe I don't want to have Gambit go there.
0: I was gonna say, Gambit might be banned at this point. We haven't heard back on that storyline just yet. Gambit got booted out the night prior. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't know what he pulled in that club after Cyclops left.
1: <laughs> but plot device is what it is. Storm jumps in and says, Oh, don't worry, I'll I'll wait with her. And Scott takes off.
0: Yeah. And which that whole thing, I felt I don't know, I guess this is part of the thing. They wanted to make her more feel more at ease, but I was like, man, I just I would have had like a lot more planned regimen of like not letting this woman be alone in the, b- between a person and Jean being in trauma and an uncontrollable force like the Phoenix. Either side of that, no matter how you take it's like probably should not be unsupervised.
1: <laughs> but also at the same time, if you're c- under constant supervision, like that can't feel great either. That's what I, I mean. Like, like yeah, yeah, I
0: guess it's there's i don't know once again over That's <laughs> literally
1: what our show is yeah <laughs> so when scott takes yeah. off and it's Jean starting to fall asleep white queen realizes that her her mind is at ease and it's time to to bring the wing garden
0: which is that is so frightening that was the most frightening part of the story to me was that this woman was like telepathically like surveilling Jean. so she's like she's asleep now I'm like ooh, that's like it's a weird like People in the window, kind of vibe, you know. Oh,
1: a hundred percent. I mean, i I think that I think that this show does a very good job of showcasing how strong Emma Frost is as a character. Emma, through all her ups and downs from character moments, Emma has done some messed up stuff mm-hmm. in the comics, and you only get the glimpse of it here.
0: Yeah. And so she tells Weingart it's time, and she does, which, so John hasn't seen Stranger Things, but this has happened a little bit in Stranger Things where Eleven does piggybacking, and I would not be surprised if they based it off of, like, this White Queen stuff.
1: Right, And and for those of you who are in the camp like me who haven't watched Stranger <laughs> Things and seen what piggybacking is, essentially, Emma Frost acts as an amplification of Jason's powers, where... Mm-hmm it is going to let him remotely affect Gene's mind because Emma is in it. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like transfers through and you know, normally he would have to be in proximity of somebody to control his illusions.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And so Gene kind of, if she falls asleep and she wakes up in a nightmare, she's drowning near a pirate ship and Weingard rescues her. Gene senses that it's not the right time or place or even the world, but Weingard tells her just go to sleep.
1: So interesting part here, the way that this is portrayed in the comics is this is actually an experience of Lady Grey, who's one of Jean's ancestors, falling in love with one of Jason's ancestors. Uh, so it's a very um, It's it's very hard to convey in the briefness of the episode, uh-huh. but because the comics happened between issues number 129 and 138, you had a lot more time and exposition yeah. that you could get that out there.
0: It, it kind of gives me the vibe of like Assassin's Creed, like the animals. A little stuff. bit, yeah. 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 Where you're like living your ancestors yes. stories and stuff that's that, really cool.
1: that's actually a really okay. that's a really good way
0: to explain it that gives this whole pirate thing a little bit more reason than just being an aesthetic they like
1: <laughs> yeah and i and i think it's just one of those things of if you're going to fit this massive story into four issue or into four episodes and <laughs> not issues you have to do it in a briefer manner and unfortunately i don't think it adds enough that you had to fit it in i think it's yeah. clean and understandable as is. yeah
0: yeah it's it's cool and so gene wakes up and he's kind of indoctrinating and- sorry
1: gene wakes up within oh,
0: the illusion yeah, she wakes up within the illusion still on the pirate ship and weingard is kind of gaslighting and indoctrinating her with like a new story and she's confused enough that she doesn't know what pieces are real and what aren't and yeah
1: so- she she says phrases like this is all wrong this isn't my world weingard tells her rest my venus yeah. which is
0: like oh uh-
1: such a such a creep this dude has definitely not done this before
0: yeah yeah and then he went on to lead the warner brothers investors call <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
1: anyway way wait to wait time stamp this right. episode rod <laughs> my comic con shit just, means nothing now right. he reminds her of of what happened reminds i'm doing yeah. air quotes she had stowed away on his ship that was set to sail to america mm-hmm. and that's when Jean is looking over the water and she she remembers another life. And the phrasing she uses was remembering unusual people. And that's where you see like Wolverine's yeah. face in the water and such.
0: Yeah. And so she's basically describing you know, all the X-Men, but in like that time period, accurate language or yeah. whatever.
1: Essentially, it just gets dismissed as a dream. Yeah. So okay, she's Weingart. dreaming within a dream.
0: Yeah. Weingart was like, oh, that whole thing, that was, a, that was a dream. And he's like, but I'll always be here for you when you wake up. So he's like flipping the situation. And, and then they make out. So, sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but at that point, there is kind of a flash for, for Jean of Cyclops' face, and that's what wakes her up in the
0: real world. Yeah. She, she wakes up and, in the real world. Storm is by her bedside, and and Jean asks Storm for a glass of water. And Storm, in all her infinite wisdom, thinks it's a good idea to leave her alone as she wakes up in a cold sweat from a nightmare. <laughs>
1: Storm could also summon a tiny cloud.
0: That's what I was thinking. <laughs>
1: and just have, have always have a class ready and you yeah. get the freshest water. We're just straight into your mouth. No, that's weird, Rod. <laughs> she has, okay, she has control of like Storm. She doesn't have control of water shit. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is not D&D where you can shape water and get your shit together. Yeah. Get your power straightened
0: out. Okay, so Storm leaves. <laughs> We we cut over to the Circle Club. Weingard's upset because he's like, it wasn't enough. Emma Frost is like,
1: also kind of blames Emma, like yeah. you didn't amplify it enough.
0: Yeah, and Emma's like, this is a very delicate matter, you know. And we' she it, they she figured out that Jean and Scott have a psychic rapport.
1: Yeah, that the rapport intruded on Jean's mind, and it was actually Jean's mind seeking protection. Because it knew something wasn't right.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, so that was the. I'm just putting this together now. That's why the flash of Scott, like, yeah, stopped everything.
1: Yeah. It was. It was her own. The way I interpreted it, it was. It was Jean's own mental defenses that reconnected with Scott, even if Scott wasn't aware of it. That that's what that's what snapped her out of it. And I read that as that was Jean. That was not the Phoenix. That yeah. was that was Jean to me.
0: Yeah. Totally. And so Emma and Weingard physically leave we have to to clarify that physically leave the circle club at the x mansion storm comes back to find a burnt bed and a broken window and storm's like that's a broken window that i didn't make
1: a lot of people have broken windows at the x mansion storm isn't the only
0: one not just X. storm it feels like whenever she needs to leave she's like there's a door or i can fly out that window
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) yes no disagreement but it still wasn't as egregious as the Archangel episode where he literally grabs a skylight and instead of moving it, he breaks it on the ground on purpose. (laughs) I love that. Oh, Warren's such a dick.
0: right? And so Storm's like, oh, maybe leaving wasn't such a good idea.
1: I wish she said
0: that. (laughs) So we do catch up with Dark Phoenix.
1: So we are outside the club. Jean teleports in. And at this point is the first time we see the reveal of the red suit, which is literally the same as the green Phoenix outfit, but all the green has been replaced with red. And that's a, I mean, pretty obvious, like, oh, some shit is about to, yeah.
0: And at at that moment, Toy Biz was like, yay. (laughs) because they could take the same action figure and repaint it and all of us bought it again I
1: don't think I ever had the green one I think I only had the red one
0: for that I think me and my brother got both at some point and I can't remember if the compromise to our parents was like well Each of us will have one. Yeah, (laughs) Something is is not buying the same thing over again. We're like, it's totally different, mom. You don't get it.
1: But at least she is aware she can't go into a club dressed like that. I mean, there might be clubs where that would have worked, especially close to the inner circle club. But instead of going in in like pseudo spandex bondage gear, she (laughs) transfers over to street clothes.
0: Yeah, and she's confused why she's there. But she wanders into the club and she she sees a little bit of Dazzler's show. So, little side note: Dazzler singing at that song point. number two. Song number two, which I don't. This one, the first one, seemed like a a song that we caught a glimpse of. This one was supposed to be a glimpse of a song, but like the music and the lady singing are two different keys. Like, <laughs> so they don't match. I don't know what happened in this time peri- period, but like I. I'm just imagining what probably happened was the voice actor didn't have music and they're like sing something that sounds like the end of a song She right. saying something and then whoever did the music took like some stock music yeah. someone did something and just laid
1: yeah it underneath what stood out to me is if you look at dazzler and all the different versions of her the voice of the character does not match what i always had in my mind mm-hmm. for how that character would sound and that could just be me yeah. but it was very throaty which didn't feel like that—that yeah. that pop vibe, you know, from a former disco queen
0: style you know, character. Like the first song sounded more. The like
1: first that. song did, yeah. but when she was actually speaking, there was a disconnect oh, for me get, of the, mean, the the, the spoken voice versus the song. The song gotcha. was closer to what I pictured Dazzler sounding like at least in my own head
0: and then the second song she's this weird like once again this might just been bad direction at the time or something but she's like like (laughs) try to end like that and I was like all right everybody (laughs) still applauded whatever while we talk shit about Dazzler's
1: (laughs) voice so Dazzler wraps up the song Mm -hmm. she sees Scott in the audience and then runs down and just goes (laughs) in for (laughs) the kiss which I mean props to her she's gonna shoot her shot
0: yeah so Scott presumably we don't see his expression is surprised that Dazzler laid one on him. And because this is the 90s and timing always works out like this.
1: Everybody sees it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, everybody sees it. Gene happens to walk in the very moment it happens and, you know, kind of freaks out. It cuts to right outside the club. Emma Frost and Weingart have just arrived. And Emma's like, I sense that Gene's mood has changed suddenly.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, it did.
0: (laughs) So back inside the club, Scott freezes up he's like oh hey gene and then (laughs) emma and weingard walk in right in time and weingard makes the illusion happen for gene again yeah so gene goes to make out with weingard and scott is seeing the non-illusion right gene making out with weingard
1: (laughs) and you also get the wonderful moments from dazzler of like oh there's always a girlfriend and then she sees the kiss and she's like oh the ex-girlfriend and like i i literally laughed out loud on that one like that was such a great like I've worked in bars and nightclubs and I've seen yeah. that kind of drama unravel it nailed that vibe perfectly I did yeah. love that
0: I, I love Dazzler yeah you could tell that she's she's a she's a touring musician like you know, she, and she like you said she's from like New York bars and clubs and stuff yeah it's amazing Scott's upset which kind of cracks me up because I know that he didn't mean for Dazzler to make out with him but then he got his feelings hurt because Gene was making out with somebody. And so he's, he's kind of upset. He's like, something's wrong. It's like, yeah, so, you know, you have an inexplicable situation, so she can too.
1: <laughs> I think for Scott, it's, again, he's just a ignorant doofus when yeah. it comes to social interaction he, him and Luther from Umbrella Academy don't know how to interact with real human beings yes. I've, I've come to they are the same character and that's why they're both essentially number ones for yeah. their <laughs> professor because they follow orders like good soldiers and then they have to do anything else they're just freaking yeah. idiots but as that happens the Circle Club guards attack again and you get like a save moment from, from Dazzler who's just like well yep go save go save your chick I guess yes. <laughs>
0: cut to the circle club the main team has figured their shit out they're all there scott are well, outside
1: all of them except for jubilee
0: yes yes oh I, yeah i forgot jubilee's Ju- not in. This, which makes sense because yeah. this is a lot for a teenage girl to have to take it <laughs>
1: i i mean we 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 get the the double check of like they're asking like you know how how can you be sure that this is where it is to wolverine and wolverine gives like the the jab he's like well i don't make mistakes when it comes to gene because he smelled that this is where the trail (laughs) led and and that leads to to you know the double check of well Xavier couldn't track her mind. Storm makes the
0: comment, once again, just-
1: I literally, like, I wrote Storm quote yeah. because I knew Rod was <laughs> going to want to say this because he loves the great Storm quotes.
0: So to play off his of Cyclops' is like, ignorance, Storm kind of says what I'm gonna guess everybody else knew. Maybe she doesn't want to be found. And we don't really get an answer to that.
1: So Wolverine says, well, we don't really have
0: invitations to get in there. Because yeah. they could tell it's kind of like high society, private yeah. club. And they would stand out if they just try to walk in.
1: You'd think? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and Scott says, well, we can't break in because that you know, it would kind of blow the cover and everything. So he sends Rogue.
1: So they all stand outside in the middle of the street. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's
0: that logic. If we don't move. Be- because no. a place like the
1: Inner Circle would not have guards outside. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. <laughs>
0: <gasps> Which they didn't. So. Yeah, so Scott sends Rogue to go spy in to see if there's any, like, weak points they can break into. Rogue flies over the building, looks in through Skylight, and sees a wedding in progress between Gene and Weingard.
1: Right, and we see that it is it is happening in both the the real world and also in Gene's mind, where it is, it's like the... The, the pirate. You, co- right. Like, colonial-time-style yeah. wedding. Like, okay, Cole, you just
0: got to America, and you got hitched already? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and Rogue doesn't even go back to report. She just, like, breaks the skylight and goes into... This show fucking hates skylights. Yeah, skylights. But also, this is, like, just a like a, a minor kind of observation is that the the urgency and importance of weddings and not only the show, but this time period and stuff, is they're like, oh, this ceremony is the thing we need to stop because it's like bound by whatever laws of nature and stuff. So like Rogue is like, we have to stop this wedding and not get the team to come in and take. So she's trying to shake Jean out of like this trance so that she doesn't like say guess. yes. Well, they completed their vows, but they just didn't kiss yet. So I guess that was like the that point. That is the legally like- <laughs> binding moment. <laughs> and so the X-Men... Take the rogue breaking in as their sign to <laughs> like you know what glass shatters yeah. and you assume it's rogue yeah so they break in and yeah is funny. storm
1: tornadoes everybody up to the roof and then mm-hmm. drops them all in and then we get the big fight moment
0: yeah and there's a lot of things we learned early like I learned especially because I didn't know a lot about these characters Shaw's power is absorbing energy
1: yeah it's kinetic energy mm-hmm. so it's it's not dissimilar from Bishop where Bishop is absorbing like blasts and stuff like mm-hmm. that and able to shoot them back. Instead, the more you punch Sebastian Shaw, the stronger his punch to you is going to be. And also your punches are not taking
0: him down. Yeah. I have to say in this fight, we're seeing more and more. They're better as a team than ever.
1: Yeah, the X-Men are definitely using teamwork and... and you know maybe a little bit of that is is related to the X-Factor episode where it's like you divide and conquer and know who your opponents are yeah. to keep
0: them on edge kind of scenario. We'll give them this credit. Whenever they get their ass handed to them, they don't usually make that same exact mistake again. <laughs> they exactly. make brand new ones next time.
1: <laughs> All right. Pierce proves yet again that he is just trash at fighting. <laughs> Wolverine slashes his arm, mm-hmm. which dude, he just needs outfits that don't have sleeves. Can yeah. we just agree on that? Like it's not paying off for him. And then Storm zaps him.
0: Yeah. And Leland, I, and this power makes more sense now. Blows Wolverine through well, he doesn't blow Wolverines through several floors down, but he makes Wolverine I guess dense enough so Wolverine gets like blown several floors down into the sewer.
1: Yeah, I mean, you already have Wolverine who's built like a brick shit house. Mm-hmm filled with adamantium, and then you made that even denser. So he literally just makes him so heavy, he drops through three floors, and it's the momentum that carries him down into the sewer.
0: And I didn't think about this. Now that I know that he has density powers, that's his like kind of X-Man way, not X-Man, like mutant way of putting concrete on someone's feet. Yeah. Right, like, like the, mo- the mob thing and stuff Right, that makes so much more sense now than just blasting because before I was like why did he think he was dead he's Wolverine he's like oh because he literally thought he like permanently put him underwater
1: yeah he made him yeah. so heavy he shouldn't <laughs> be able to get back up
0: gotcha so Cyclops charges Shaw and gets blasted away because I guess he didn't get the memo from the earlier me- the-
1: right <laughs> and now you know that it's not a laser beam but a concussion yes. beam so it's more of a kinetic style yeah. blast that's actually hitting him
0: and so they do more credit to their teamwork. Storm freezes him because that's not a kinetic energy thing. Yeah,
1: it's, it's actually the opposite, because yeah. from a scientific standpoint and just to be crystal clear, in case you weren't <laughs> sure, Rod and I, not scientists. Yeah. But cold causes kinetic energy to slow because it's stopping the molecules from whacking each other as, yeah. as frequently.
0: So that does that's stop the scientific him. term yeah, is right? molecules <laughs> whacking each, each other. Yeah. So sexy. Anyway, so it's, that does stop him but then stopped me but then jean blasts storm and storm is just thrown aback cuz I, I guess it, w- it would throw you you know for a loop even if you know that this you know your friend is trouble just to see them like attack you like literally personally attack you
1: well cuz at this point they they don't have an understanding of this power's control mm. over her and basically like this is the moment where we get the yeah. big
0: reveal and yeah so storm says jean how could you and phoenix says it's not jean just Phoenix. It's
1: not Jean. only her body, only her delicious senses. I am Phoenix.
0: So she man, Storm and Phoenix. They could be in that little like they were in theater club together. Yeah, they could write some shit together. And then she makes out with wine card just to throw some salt on the wound and calls him her husband. And then to, <laughs> to be continued. continued. We're watching a soap opera. To acknowledge oh, it's a hundred percent a soap opera. Yeah. So that
1: was that yeah. was the first episode of this multi-parter, but yeah. it was a heavy one, man. I loved it because you had them fighting a different kind of enemy yes. in this point. So, on one side, obviously, like you have what's going on with with Gene. but on the other side, it is a group of mutants who are in power,
0: like in the shadows. And
1: too. it's yeah, it's a it's a shadow organization. They are they are not there hiding. They are they're consolidating, and that's a very different thing. And it's like oh there was this whole thing that was happening that we had no idea about, which, again, kind of like tossing back to that X-Factor appearance episode, that just means that as much as Xavier and Scott and the team think they know what's going on, they really don't.
0: Yeah, and other people are literally watching. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like Emma Frost' character is genuinely terrifying in this children's cartoon.
1: The level of control <laughs> that Emma Frost has is absurd. And, yeah, she's just, she's such a cool character. I... You know, I'm sad we only get the evil version of Emma in in this series because towing the line of being a good guy is also an incredible story for Emma. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the wrap up of it. The only note that I had that we didn't cover throughout the course of the episode is in the show, they go for, you know, very powerful mutants to, to be a part of it. In the comic, it was a little more of like Control over random mutants and then they discover Gene. So Dazzler, I think that is kind of the illusion of like, well, were you picking her up because you yeah. actually thought she should be in our our circle, or were you just going for it yourself? I think that was that way of covering it
0: from a story beat perspective. Gotcha. Yeah, that and the thing you mentioned about it supposedly being Gene and Weingard's like ancestors. Yeah, like I
1: mean that like I said, I, I think it's a cool moment in the comics, but it's also, you know, you're looking at 10 issues of a comic. Really, the story is focused around four issues in the comic, but it's still lots of stuff from multiple issues are getting included yeah. in here. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like you said, I not much more that we said a lot, so there's not much more to say about it, but it's really cool and it's a really Good separation of episodes story wise. Obviously, next three weeks of the show yeah. are
1: gonna be more Dark Phoenix episodes.
0: Thanks for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them in the comments for either the YouTube upload or official Instagram post about this episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Castbox.
1: It's still there, I swear. Yeah. <laughs>